Hello and welcome to the weekly message podcast from Crozet United Methodist Church in Crozet, Virginia. We invite you to join us in person any Sunday for our contemporary service at 8.30 a.m. or for a more traditional service at 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org for further information. We hope you enjoy this week's message from Crozet UMC. that screen make you nervous? I knew it was there and it still made me nervous every time it popped up. And you know why? Because we've gotten to the point in the church where we're like, we can't talk about money. And the truth is, we do a huge disservice to God and scripture if we pretend like we're not going to talk about money. It's in there a lot. A lot. In fact, we've only made it We're not even through the first four books in my Bible study, and I couldn't even begin to tell you how many times we've been talking about it. Because God realizes that our wages, whether it's monetary or whether it's in goods and services, that how we are paid for our work matters. It matters to us. It matters to God. It matters in the kingdom. And so it's important And we can't talk about what we're supposed to do without focusing on our work. As Christians and disciples, we have work to do. And we need to realize that God has very clear expectations for our work. Now, when I was growing up, my father is Pennsylvania Dutch who migrated, his family migrated out to Missouri or Missouri in the Midwest. And there, there was never a question about work. You were going to work. You were going to get up early, and you were going to go to work, and you were going to do your best, and you were going to do everything within your power to make sure that nobody had any complaints about your work. In fact, if anything, they should be complimenting you on your diligence and your timeliness. And that's just the way it was. It wasn't up for debate. That was how things were. And so I was raised with that same expectation. And my father looked at me when I was about my son's age at seven and said, school is your job. You will get up every day, and you will get yourself ready, and you will go to school, and you will do your very best. You won't just slack off. You won't be satisfied with subpar grades because this is your job. Because my father was trying to prepare me for life. Go figure. And he said, you're not going to just stay at home and do nothing. And then I would get to see some of my friends have what we now call mental health days. I was like, why don't I get a mental health day? dad's like, that's not what we do. We work. I'm going, I don't know if I dig this whole work thing. I mean, my friends got sick days. We live in a culture that has sick days, vacation days, leave, liberal leave, annual leave, use or lose leave. We have all kinds of concepts of that. And yet that didn't seem to exist when you walked in my front door. I was like, but they all have. And then you know what my father said? I don't care what they have. I don't care. Little did I also know that my father was apparently more grounded in scripture than I ever thought. Because even our scripture today is talking about not being idle, right? And it's talking about how we need to work. Today is the beginning of a three-part mini-sermon series we're going to do based upon the, the sermon and the teachings of our patron saint of Methodism, John Wesley. And John Wesley had three things very connected to say to us. Gain all that you can. Save all that you can so that you may give all that you can. And he grounded every piece of that 
in Scripture, multiple Scriptures, and if you've ever read one of John Wesley's sermons, you'll know that there was no way that you were going to get through more than three lines without a Scripture reference. And he was very much grounded in the words of God and realized that our work is necessary. I'm also not sure if we're aware, on a large scale as we should be, that if you go back to the book of Exodus and you start reading the Ten Commandments, you'll notice that you are supposed to have a six-day work week. It says, six days you shall work, and on the seventh day you will rest, and it will be a day of holy rest. It will be a Sabbath, and you shall keep it holy, and you shall do no work on that seventh day. So the fact that we live in a culture that gives us a two-day weekend, we're already doubly blessed. We're already doing really well. Because the expectation laid down in Scripture was that we were going to work for six But notice that even if we were going to work for six, God mandated rest because we were going to work so hard and diligently on the other days that we really were going to need a day to rest our bodies and our minds and to rest our spirits from worry and instead celebrate. Have a day when we bask in the presence of God and truly celebrate who we are as the body of Christ. And God knew this and set it aside for us and said, you need to have a place, a time, a day that is for us, you and I. What we came to realize later in the church was that it wasn't just about God and us. Instead, it was about God and us. That the Sabbath, the day of our worship that we celebrate on the Lord's Day is about more than just my relationship with God. Instead, it's about my relationship with God's people and God's people in relationship with me. So on those days when we wake up and we think to ourselves, you know, 7 a.m. ain't looking that pretty. 7 a.m. is looking really harsh. And I might just want to pull a Lazarus and lay here all morning. We have to reframe how we think about that. Because... The regular us would say, you know, I've worked really hard. I've been feeling a little under the weather. I think I'll just kind of stay at home. I'll get that extra day of rest in to get up and take a shower and get all dolled up and dressed up and go over and find a parking place and get in and hope nobody's sitting in my pew. It's a lot of effort. It's a lot of work. And I might just need a day. I might just need a day. But the holy in us, the holy part of us, that spark from our creation and that peace of the Holy Spirit that we received at our baptism, it starts railing in our heads and going, are you crazy? God has moved heaven and earth to be able to meet with you, to bask with you this day. How can you deny yourself that? How can you deny God the honor of your presence? And if we truly want to take it to the next step of 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 spiritual maturity, then we'll realize that it's not just about us, but it's about we. Because when we come here and we bring that piece of the divine, this might just be the day when God gives in another person us something that we needed, some encouragement, some edification, some strength, some accountability, some challenge that we needed to hear to be better than we currently are, to help us To edify us, sure, but to also help us to grow in wisdom and love, truth, forgiveness, and grace. And we deny ourselves that by refusing to do the work of getting here. But 
is the inverse not also true? That every single Sunday there is a day of opportunity when you come here and you just might be what someone else needs. You come here with your very unique gifts and graces, doing things in the name of Jesus Christ that only you can do in just that way. And when you come here, you provide a God encounter that someone might desperately need. It might make the difference between whether there is a tomorrow, much less what tomorrow looks like. And so we have to do the work. We do the work when we don't feel awesome. We do the work when we don't think we look awesome. We do the work when we think this doesn't really matter. Nobody will notice if I'm not here. You know what I love about Daisy? You can tell when Daisy's not here. You can tell. And you know why you can tell? It's not the hat. I know you're thinking it's the hat. It's not the hat. It's that Daisy brings Jesus Christ by Daisy Sandridge every Sunday. And there are some Sundays I really need a piece of that. Because there are some Sundays where I just need a ray of sunshine, and there it is. How many times has Daisy given you a smile in the midst of depression and darkness? And all of us are capable of doing that, every single one of us. And we have to remember that we just took vows. We took vows that said that we were going to be a ray of sunshine and a presence of Jesus Christ for Maggie. And I don't know about you, but I'm really pushing back on the concept in our culture right now where you can come into a house of God, stand before God in the church and take a vow and then slough it off a little while later. And so I hope that we will remember that, that we looked at that gorgeous, bubbly child and we promised her that we will be here for her. We will do the work. We told her that. She doesn't even remember. And right now she probably didn't even care. But the truth is that her family cares. And she's going to care because she's going to need us. She's going to need us to do the work. And we have to do our work. We do our work in our daily lives so that we can provide for ourselves, for our families, for our households. And sometimes our household is more fur baby than human baby, and that's fine. Whatever you're providing for, whomever you have to take care with your labor and your earnings and your wages, that's what we do. Because we set a precedent in how we work, whether we're in school or whether we have a job. And if we slough off there, are we really going to come here and work that much harder for God? It's easier to maintain the continuity of high expectations, high standards, and a desire to be better if we do it every day. And then come here and rest from our daily labors and instead focus on our spiritual ones. That's what we're called to do. And the church of Thessalonica had a little bit of an issue because in that day and time, Paul and the other apostles, they thought they were short timers. They were having debates about, is it two or three years until Jesus comes back? If they could see us now in 2017, they would be rolling over in graves. What do you mean he's not back? And the truth is, we had work to do. The kingdom wasn't built. We weren't finished. Jesus will come back when Jesus is ready to come back. And until then, we have work to do. We're going to do this work and we're going to do it well. 
because God didn't do anything subpar or satisfactory for us. Everything from creation, the extravagance and glory of creation. Do you ever just get up and look out at Crozet and go, God's country? I got people from my last church that had no idea. They came out to visit and they were like, where is this? I'm like, a place to visit. Because God's glory is so evident here. Creation, the church, our families, our friends. There are so many places that we can see God worked past a level. God was working on a level of perfection that we cannot begin to articulate adequately. And so we just, in those moments, we just say, thanks be to God. Because there is no way that we could describe the kind of gratitude we have for everything that we have received. But we honor that with how we work. And in Thessalonica, you had people who were going, Jesus is coming back, I'm going to skate by. I'm not going to work anymore, I'll just live off of everybody else. They didn't want to work, which is different than people who cannot work. There are people who desperately want to work, but because of physical ailments or mental issues or whatever the case may be, they are unable to work. That's different from people who say, I'm just not going to do it. And God is telling us, you can't take that attitude. You can't decide that you're just not going to check in today. You can't decide that even if you're here, you're just here in body and you're not actually going to do the work. You ever been on a mission team with those people? I've been on the mission team with those people. I've been that person on the mission team. I'm going to be honest with you. I've been that person like, this is not my thing. Who wants water? Nobody wants me on your mission team if I'm like that. No. Think about just the basics of our lives. If you are going to run a race with endurance, then you are going to get ready for it. You are going to be prepared. You're not going to wear these shoes. You're going to wear running shoes. Although I can run in these, just for the record. I ain't running a 5K, but I can run. And so you won't wear these. You wouldn't wear this outfit. You'd wear something that hopefully wicks and is breathable. Because you don't want to die of heat stroke halfway through the second lap. You get prepared. And you don't just pop up and go running. I hope you do some stretches. I hope you've had something to eat. We don't want a low blood sugar incident halfway through. You prepare yourself, and you go into it with the mindset of, I'm going to do this. The mindset is crucial. And we have to teach it to our children, right? Nobody is going to wake up at the age of 30 and go, I would just really like to be chair of the trustees. And I really think that I should back tithe everything that I've earned since 16, Nobody's going to do that. And if they do, you tell me. Because I will tell you if I ever hear of that. That has never happened. And it's not going to happen because we're all human. It's not going to happen. Instead, we have to raise them that way. That's why we baptized Maggie. And at 8.30, we baptized Bo. Because we realize that children have to be raised up and trained to work hard. And to know that they have purpose. We all have purpose purpose. And I'm telling you, there is nobody here that is holier than anybody else. There is no job that is better than any other job. And I'm saying that as the person whose title is reverend. 
There is nobody here because I can tell you what, all my holiness and sacramental authority doesn't mean anything when my truck broke down on the side of the beltway. There's no laying of hands that was going to move that truck. And I'm standing out there and I'll tell you who did look like the second coming of Jesus Christ, that tow truck driver. And we're getting a little scary on the beltway. And in that moment, I was so grateful for him because all he was doing was his job and he did it well. He did it efficiently. He did it with gratitude and graciousness. And I was so thankful. I didn't need a heart surgeon. I didn't need a judge. I needed somebody who knew what they were doing and could do what I could not. And that is what our labors are about. So whether you are in school or you go out and you have a job or whether you are working in the home, and that is some work too, whatever it is that you are doing, you want to do it well. I'm trying to raise my child to do this. And I'll tell you what, it sounded so much easier in my head than it was because he's already left all his stuff over here. I thought it was going to be you know, easier. Like, we're just going to raise you up the right way. Right? And so we're talking about hard work and how when you do something and you've worked really hard and then when it's done, you have this feeling of accomplishment. You have this incredible feeling that you did your best. I said, and that's what this is about. We do our best. We try our hardest. Even if it comes easy to us, we try our hardest. Because it's not about just doing it. It's about doing it well. God doesn't need people who just show up on Sunday. God needs people who show up on Sunday, who worship, who praise, who pray together, who listen, who want to grow in love, who want to forgive each other and grant forgiveness. God calls us here to do heavy work. And if you don't think forgiving someone who has done you wrong isn't heavy work, I'll hand you this mantle right now. It is heavy work. And trust me, even I have days where I go, you know what? I'm just really not feeling this today. I could totally just shut my office door and be on Amazon. And the Holy Spirit, which sounds an awful lot like my father's voice, is like, no, not happening. This is not what God came for. This is not what God died for. This is not what God has given us in Scripture. Instead, you're here to do a job. You're here to do a job that you are gifted in grace to do. So go and do it. And don't phone it in. Do it well. Because just like Paul and the other apostles figured out, we don't know when Jesus is coming back. And you don't want to be caught on a day phoning it in. You know, there is no retirement from the body of Christ. There's no leave. There's no sick days from that. We are here because this is who we are. And this is who Maggie and other children are going to need us to be. This is who we need us to be for each other. And we cannot let a mindset of, Good enough, build this kingdom because it will never stand. And I believe that the bigger we build, the bigger that we make the kingdom, the more God will funnel in the lost. I believe that if we build with great expectations and we work hard and we build it the best that we can, that God reciprocates by filling it to the fullest extent.
And so we do this work, this holy, hard work. And at the end of our lives, when the church places that final benediction on us, we can all say, well done, good servant. Now rest from your labors and enjoy the fruit of your work. That's what this is about. It's about an end game that is bigger than a paycheck. It is about an end game that is bigger than a nice retirement pension. It's about building a kingdom where we want to retire for all eternity with our God. And so our work is vital. And I cannot do it myself. And I don't want to do it myself. God has gifted all of us with one another. And we do this together or we will never do it at all. So let us begin this journey of hard work, but knowing that we do not go alone, that we do this together. And because we do, the kingdom we build here in Crozet will be the best that it possibly can. And Christ will be glorified because of our kingdom building. May it be so in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you again for joining us for this week's podcast. We hope you found the message meaningful, and we invite you to join us in person as we gather for worship at Crozet United Methodist Church every Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Please visit us online at www.crozetunitedmethodist.org to learn about ways you can connect with God and your neighbors through the ministries of Crozet UMC. Have a great week.